time to be doing that bullshit. bullshit. Welcome back. BS with Brian Simpson. Our first episode as my as I'm a resident of Texas. Um, I thought that I thought I would get a gun right when I got here, but uh, it turns out there are some rules. Um, I feel like Rob, this whole episode is going to just be answering emails because it's like it's been a few weeks and there's a shitload of. So maybe we got to break it up a little bit, you know? Sure. There's a lot of people that I think they probably think that we're ignoring their emails. Um, well, we'll let them know right off right off the top that the last last couple episodes were banked episodes while you were doing your were like move to Austin. Yeah, while I was moving, which I'm still not done doing, as you can see. But uh, oh, but let's yeah, but let's get started. Oh, so so well, first of all. Maybe I should just go over my misadventure. No, I'll do that later. The first episode is from Matthew. I mean, the first letter is from Matthew. Um, he says, I was recently fired from a boutique hotel and I'm very bitter about it as I feel it was unjustified. While working there, my personal cell number was entered in their system so that I re- received calls and texts whenever someone was trying to reach the hotel during my shifts. They really should have had the foresight to remove my number when they fired me because what they now have is all calls from customers going directly to the man who hates them the most. (laughs) While I was employed, 80% of calls I received were people asking if there was a room available. With only five units at the hotel, usually booked weeks in advance, there almost never was. But now that I have a score to settle, it's time to start double booking these rooms. (laughs) Oh, yes. My man. The hotel uses pin numbers instead of key cards to access the rooms. They change them for each group of guests, but the staff codes always stay the same. When I would get a call, I'd introduce myself under my manager's name, politely pretend to take down that information, and I give them very clear instructions on how to get to the room and what pin would let them in. If followed correctly, what would happen is that actually books paying customer would be rudely invaded by complete strangers who would also claim to have booked the room. This will most likely result in my former manager being called in by the on-site staff to resolve the issue because the hotel caters to a fairly wealthy clientele. The, uh, the offense of being intruded upon by commoners will likely go unforgiven when it's time to leave Yelp reviews. This is not perfect revenge for two reasons. One, I'm not there to personally witness the chaos go down. Okay. Okay. Two, there was the innocent bystanders of people who thought they had a room, looked for their vacation, but they really didn't. No one's innocent, Matthew. Uh, I am truly sorry, to, but you're right. I mean, they, 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 you know, depending on what type of people there are in these rooms, that could go that could go bad real fast. You know, people start throwing hands, shooting guns. Uh, there were the innocent bystanders of people. Blah, blah, blah. I am truly sorry to all those people and hope they were able to work something out. The hotel down the street was much bigger and usually had room, so most likely they'd be fine. I was able to do this six times over a period of two weeks before I finally stopped receiving calls. You'd think they would have managed to figure out what was happening and put a stop to it much sooner. But if they had been smart enough to do that, they probably would, wouldn't have fired me in the first place. Well, that is an, an excellent story of revenge. But another thing that's missing from that story of revenge is you simply declare that you were unjustly fired, but you don't tell us what that's about. 
So I, you know, I can't be a thousand percent on your side here because, you know, I don't know how justified you were. That's a that's a great revenge, though. It's missing. It's it's missing a it's missing a key piece, though. He needs to see the chaos that he's sowing. Yeah. Well, well, he admitted that he was like, I'm not I'm not going to be able to witness it. Um, but they do know it was you. You're going to get away with it. <laughs> um, and, and, unless they listen to my podcast, then they might take you to a small claims court. But who knows? No, because I do because they haven't lost any money over. Yeah, this. what are they going to get from you? Exactly, and they and they make sure you don't have a job. So, all right. Um, this next joint comes from Harold. Hey boys, it was wonderfully frustrating and entertaining to hear the fascism conversation. I teach about ideology, and it's a pain for me to hear how most people, even smart people, didn't use the word correctly. To simplify, think of fascism as the political ideology opposite to liberalism that emerged from the Enlightenment, while authoritarianism is about is better understood as the opposite of democracy. Even this is not fully correct. It's also not helpful. Okay, that's just that's a classroom definition. Like. We've had, we've heard that, and we, I still don't understand it. Even this is not fully correct, but if I talk about anarchy, then we introduce another regularly misunderstood word. While bedrock values of liberalism consist of consent of the governed, tolerance for outgroups, equality before the law, and political compromise, fascism rejects these principles. One of the most relevant aspects of January 6th fascism accusations is that fascists generally accept that violence is an acceptable part of politics. Note that both Hitler and Mussolini, both fascists, had to keep a veneer of democracy even while using brown and black shirt paramilitary, at least early on. Another helpful way to remember what fascism is, is to think of Japan, Italy, and Germany as a fascist alliance during World War II. So fascism is almost always authoritarian by definition, but they are not the same thing. The USSR was authoritarian communism. Sometimes Stoned and bored, I'll continue on another topic. Well, yeah, okay. Last week, the two of you mentioned another topic I happen to know a decent bit about. Sounds like you know every fucking thing, Harold. Um, last week, the two of you mentioned another topic I happen to know a decent bit about. You both agreed with each other that intelligence, you might have said IQ, is not correlated to grades. The correlation between IQ, which measures the G factor, and a myriad of indicators of success, including grades, is one of the most replicated findings in all of psychology, as far as I'm aware. I want to be generous and assume maybe you meant there are plenty of smart people who don't do their homework and don't like sitting still that I agree with, but there's just no good evidence of a substantial percentage of intelligent students not doing well in school. One more thing, Brian, I listened to an absurd amount of podcasts where either the host or guest or both are highly credentialed, and I have been finding your insights top-notch by comparison. You can't help but think logically, and that's wonderful, Harold. Ooh, you want to take that one, Rob? Well, sure. I got a lot of issues. I got a lot of issues with what you just said there, Harold. Uh, okay. First off, you said that our our discussion of fascism uh, didn't offer a very good definition of, but you didn't give a definition of it. You can't define something by just saying that it's the opposite of something else that you also don't define. Come on, you're better than that. Yeah, I know. I agree with you there, I, but I, I think he is assuming, like he's not explaining it to us like we're idiots. Like he, you know what I mean? He's assuming that we know a lot more than I know. I mean, he, you probably know more about it, about this subject, but, but, uh, 
if I knew nothing about any of this, that would not have helped me. That's what I meant earlier when I was sure, you know, sure, criticizing. sure, yeah. sure. Um, as but what far do you think as, about? Go ahead. I don't remember what we said last week about uh, about IQ. Well, I don't think we were talking about IQ. I think we were talking about intelligence, and I think that Harold is. But but, but, but also, isn't uh, IQ is not a a uh, a great indicator of success? Correct. Uh, it's complicated. It can be. I think that Harold's being a little bit overly simplistic um, in terms of the history and application of IQ. IQ is a highly fraught uh, area of psychometric study, and it has a horrible history and has been abused in the past. And I do want to point something out. I do want to point something out. The fact that he uses, what, what was the phrase he used uh, about one of the most studied what was it? No, he said he he said the correlation between IQ, which measures G factor, and a myriad of indicators of success, including grades, is one of the most replicated findings in all of psychology. One of the most replicated findings in all aware. of psychology. Yeah, that's the phrase that I wanted to highlight. That is a phrase that gets brought up a lot. And I think part of the issue is that IQ is highly predictive of certain outcomes. Higher IQ is correlated with better grades. Higher IQ is correlated with lifetime outcomes, like not going to jail or making more money or attaining a higher educational level, more advanced degrees, et cetera. But there is an issue of what you're actually measuring with IQ. Are you actually measuring the cultural factors that influence your ability to get those jobs or to attain that salary. Yeah. So, but 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 also, I think it's. I think you have to acknowledge the biases in the systems. It's like yeah. the because because it's it's not that people that get good grades aren't usually su- successful, but 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 we we call getting good grades success. So so if if you're, if if you're defining success by who has the highest marks, then it's easy for you to say people with high, with high grades are successful people. But I don't, I, and just in my personal life, and I guess that's, that's not a psychological study, but, uh, but I, I think there's a lot of, uh, of confirmation bias in the, in the psych, in the psychology field, you know, because those people usually have decent, high IQs or, or, or what have you. Um, but it's, uh, you know, I forget what the old analogy, what the old analogy was, but it was like the, it was, you know, it was basically like, you know, what, what you, you, you measure people by like, you me, you measuring animals by who can climb this tree the best, you know, and, you know, it's like, it's like you have, you have a monkey taking the same test as the giraffe. You go, okay, both of y'all climb this tree. Oh wow, he's the he's the best. It's like that's that's what we're doing with a lot of these standardized testing and IQ uh, tests and all of this other shit. Because I never got well, I had a decent IQ in in school, but I, but I, but you know what? The only time they measured my IQ was when I was doing when I was doing bad in class because yeah. they 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 I, I got put into a talented and gifted class because i was a smart child it was like apparent that i was intelligent to my teachers and shit but i wasn't doing well in the class 
So they were like, maybe this was a mistake. And they gave me an IQ test. And I did, and I, and they wouldn't tell me what the score was. They only told my father that it was really high. And then that was the, that was the end of it. They put me, they, they put me back in the class and I still ended up getting kicked out of the class. But it was like, but, but again, like if you were, if you look at my grades in school, that would not tell you. Like, if you look at my grades in school compared to the grades of all the other kids that I went to school with, I guarantee you that I would, I would probably be five thousand as far as GPA on that list of, of kids, and I'd probably be in the top 10 as far as intelligence. You know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about, I don't have enough arguments about IQ to to denigrate that but i know that i know for a fact that grades grades do not are not an indicator of of intelligence you know yeah well i think i i think there there's there's an issue of granularity here um to the extent that iq can high high iq high grades high g factor which g factor is general is what's considered general intelligence and what we talk about when we sort of colloquially describe someone as being intelligent or being smart, all of those things are fairly highly correlated. But the problem is that the people who use IQ to be predictive of things are often overstating the level to which those things are highly, the level to which those things are correlated. And as far as using like IQ as like, okay, if you, Let's let's take it out of IQ because yeah, IQ, I, I IQ has usually a lot of it's it's people with it's people with high IQs that are usually touting how much IQ means. Right, right. Um, right. One one way I like to look at like you know so like the NFL Combine, right? Every year we have the NFL Combine, and there's always somebody who blows everybody out the fucking water, right? And people are like, "Holy shit, look at this fucking specimen! This guy's incredible!" Mm-hmm. and and how often do those people actually excel in the NFL, right? Actually, very well, that, rarely. I, I like that. I like what you're saying here. But, but, but I, what, what, you know, what, because if I can stick with your analogy a little bit, usually the people that are the very, very elite speed, they usually go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But that's but there's no indication of whether they're super. Oh, here's a perfect example too. The the Wonderlick test, the NFL the, is the, it's their version of uh, an intelligence test, mm-hmm. and they 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 usually only really give it to quarterbacks. Um, but it is absolutely not indicative in any way, shape, or form of how successful they'll be as a quarterback. Right. You know, yeah, I mean, some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time don't have a high score and some of the highest scores of all time were not great quarterbacks, you know, so it's it's one of those things, but they still use it. They st- It's like this antiquated form of justification for certain behaviors and categorizing people in certain ways. And and, may, and, 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 and I'm not saying it's completely useless, because maybe if we tweaked it, updated it, um, informed it with more modern uh, research and, and tried our best to remove the the biases from it all. Maybe it would be more useful. But like I said, it's it's usually the it's usually the people with the high Wonderlick scores that that are talking about how uh, how important they are. 
Yeah, you know? I, I I think I think my my overall statement on IQ is that IQ is not worthless. I'm not saying that it's worthless. I think that its benefits and its predictive abilities are overstated, and the people who tend to uh, promote the use of IQ um, beyond what I would consider its uh, proper application tend to do so for very transparent political purposes. You know, so you look at like a Charles Murray or a Jordan Peterson and they tout IQ scores and they're 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 applying them beyond the area where they should be applied. And it's for a pretty it's for some pretty obvious ideological and political purposes. That's the main that's that's the main thing that I would say. That doesn't mean that intelligence doesn't mean that intelligence doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that IQ is not testing something. And that IQ might not have some sort of limited predictive value in certain cases or contexts. That's not what we're saying. But I think that a lot of times the correlation or the Im- the import or the meaning, because I because I, I, I do agree with him, there is a very high correlation between, for instance, IQ and grades. But the question is, what is the meaning or importance of that correlation? That's where the disagreement comes. Right. Because, because again, there's no correlation between grades, and you know what? You know what? You're right. Let's let's move on to the next thing because we're gonna run out of time. Sure. But sure. I would love to find some kind of way to talk to this guy. Um, well, so, tell okay. him right back uh, in. I mean, I, this is a very intelligent. He sent a very intelligent email in. So, so please respond. Yeah. To or he wanted the motherfuckers to just know a lot of five dollar words so he sound intelligent. But we'll we'll figure out. I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. We'll see. Um, okay, next one's from Jonathan. Hi, Brian. I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I'm a huge fan of all your work and love your podcast. Well, thank you. I know you think your politicians do an awful job, but you should see the shit we have to put up with in Australia. Our last prime minister, Scott Morrison, has made me lose faith that will ever be real democracy in our country. It came out this week that this guy secretly appointed himself to five portfolios. Uh, So I guess that's committees. Um, He was the minister for health, finance, resources, home affairs, science, and industry. I mean, isn't that six? Maybe science and industry. Health, health, finance, resources, home affairs, science, and industry. Oh, science and industry is one thing. I think science and industry might be one thing. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, yeah, it is. And nobody in his party knew about this. How is that possible? Obviously, he can't have done this by himself. The governor general was also in on this political heist for power. I'm not sure exactly what governor general is in relation to the prime minister, but okay, I'm I'm digging what you're saying. A powerful person in your government. Um, Only one of the ministers actually was aware that he had done this to, to the others had no idea. This is only the latest fiasco in his embarrassment of a term. I should also mention that during the Bush fires in summer of January 2020, he went on a holiday. That's a vacation, Americans. He went on a holiday <laughs> while these people's lives were ruined. And when questioned upon his return, this dude's response was, that's not my job. I believe Australian politicians over overvalue their actual importance in world affairs. And uh, and that if shit actually went down, I strongly doubt anyone would give a shit about us. Well, you guys are pretty far away. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? And where do you think Australia sits in the grand scheme of global politics? Well, I think you hit it on the head, Jonathan. Um, Australia doesn't matter in the grand scheme of global politics because it's 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 literally so far away from everything. It's it's very isolated in a way, just like you know New Zealand or whatever. It, it, 
it's insulated. I, I, you know, I don't know. They, it never comes up over here. But at the same time, Americans only get fed the news. Like we don't hear about news from anywhere in the world unless it affects us directly. You know what I mean? Right. Like there, there could literally be a plane. There, there could be a plane crash in Bangladesh that killed 500 people. And if it's not no Americans on board, most Americans ain't going to hear about it. You know, right. like like a lot of people have to die for us to hear about some shit. You know, at least 50,000 people. It has, it has to be in the tens of thousands of people will have to die all at once. It's also like Australia is, is very confusing. Like Australia is the country where like the prime minister just disappeared and like nobody knows what happened to him. <laughs> oh, he's like gone? He, dis- he literally disappeared. It's one of the like enduring mysteries of the country is, uh, I just looked him up, uh, Harold Holt. See, uh, but, but that's that's what I'm talking about, right? The prime minister of Australia disappeared, and I had no idea until you just said that. Yeah. I never, I didn't, I didn't see that on the news. I, it's not well, being I mean, tweeted it, it, about. Was, not, it was in the '60s. It was in the '60s, but still. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, that would have been way funnier if it would happen like yesterday. <laughs> it just happened like last week. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Uh, this is from Steve. I don't think I'm perfect. Oh, Steve says, I wouldn't make the decision for everyone. Oh, this was an ultimatum we did. This is a psychological conundrum from a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think I'm perfect, but I think I'm good enough a person to try to make the world fair. But I don't trust that most people would feel the same. Also, what is the Republican position? I feel like the right just campaigns on not letting the Democrats get anything done, not letting women abort babies and guns. What else do they offer? So, okay, so this, this email is a little out of context because again we're three weeks behind on episodes and so he's responding to something that i have no idea exactly what what he's responding to but you know the, the, um, but the the beginning of it is we we gave the conundrum of if you had to choose between you know like some random alien super powerful being came to earth and decided to grant you the power to be ruler of the earth where you can control the environment and the you know, economy and everything like that. Um, you know, the responsibility would be scary, but, but if you give it up, it goes to a, a, a random person. Right. And I think most people, most people would choose themselves over a random person, but that's, you know, I guess that just goes to show what, but I'm pretty sure that we, we modified the, would you rather a little bit, to make it more interesting. Um, but what is the Republican and Democratic positions? Listen, all of them are scum. None of them love you. It doesn't, I, I, will, I refuse to waste a minute debating about which politicians, you know, are, 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 are better. You know, it's like, you, it's like you're trying to decide which dick ward is your favorite. You know, it's like they're, they're, you still wish they were both gone. You know what I mean? All right. Um, next one from Daniel. Hey there, advice mommy. I'm responding to your question about whether or not you take the power from the. <laughs> this is everyone responding. Whether or not you take the power from the aliens, and I would a hundred percent take it. The prospect of it going to any random person on the planet is is worth any stress or craziness with the job. The thing I do to try and make it easier is hire all the top scientists to help with my decisions and probably ban career politicians. Ban? I would kill them all. 
<laughs> I would snap my fingers and disappear every single person that's ever been a politician. Um, the thing I do, about, since I think probably less than 1% of career politicians actually care about the people. Fascism, baby. Hashtag fascism, baby. Uh-oh, <laughs> so you, now you're going to piss off the other guy. I am, this is why I hate getting I hate getting behind because the, the, the questions are like... Anyway, I'm also curious as to what was your favorite MRE and your least favorite MRE? Uh, I love the chicken chunks with the buffalo sauce and fucking despised Asian beef strips. My favorite snack was the lemon poppy seed pound cake. Was also wondering if you had any plans in the future to perform in Lexington, Kentucky. I'd love to see the Advice King live. Keep it high and tight, brother. Actually, I think I was in Lexington with Tom recently. No, no, it wasn't Lexington. Never been to Kentucky. Don't have any. Pl- I might have been. I might have gone to Kentucky with Burt Kreischer. But uh, in any event, uh, I don't have anything on the books for Kentucky. Because uh, a lot of people ask this question. When do you come into this place? When do you come into that place? And and that's not really how it's like. I don't choose where I go. You know what I mean? I I choose from the offers. So they have to some think some venue there has to offer for me to come there. And then I say yes or no. But I don't like. I don't sit up. I don't go get up and with my a, a, a team or whatever and go. Hey, I mean I do do that. I do do that. Um, but I wouldn't do that for Lexington, Kentucky. Well, what you should I, do I, though. I, 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 I make requests, but they don't, they're not always granted because someone has to want me. That, that's what, that's what it was. Like my, my hometown, I'm performing in DC in, in a few weeks. And I, and I think they've been, these, these agents have been representing me for at least three years. And I've been asking to go to DC for that whole time. And they just now got it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not about where I want to go. It's, they also have to be wanted there as well. So that's it. Uh, my favorite MRE, and this is going to fuck you up, my favorite MRE was the Five Fingers of Death. Um, and I'm going to tell you why. Um, it's because, okay, so wait a minute, for the audience that's not familiar, MRE is just a meal ready to eat. It's, uh, you can, it's not just exclusive to the military. You can buy them for like camping trips and shit like that. But it's basically a, a meal all in a bag that has everything except water. And you add water to this, I don't know what the fuck this tab, it's a, it's a, it's like a separate little tablet that, that you once it's wet, it turns hot. And it, it, it heats up these little packets that are probably packed with unhealthy like amount of preservatives and shit. Um, and probably eating them for a year at a time is good for you, but we did it. And, um, <clears throat> and one time, and this was way back, and I want to say, I want to say this was MCT, but I could be wrong about that. It was either MCT or it was like training before we got deployed. But the five things of death, which is it's five hot dogs. I forget what the actual name of it was. Nobody wanted this shit because it was disgusting. And you get to a certain point where MREs become currency. And um, and one time we got punished for something and they made, a, they made everybody take their MREs and mix it all together, like everything that was in the bag. So, so and I had a five fingers of death that day. And so I had the fingers of death and I, and, and I had, so I had to throw in the hot dogs, the, um, I think they came with crackers, uh, M&Ms or Skittles, all the salt, all the pepper, all the Tabasco and some other shit that was in there, like a, the mint, everything and, and crush it all up and mix it all together. And so it, and everybody that had MRE had to do that. And I did that with this one and it was fucking great. 
And so ever since then, I was always the one that would get my I would get my five things from everybody. And I, so I never needed MREs because I love the one that nobody wants. Oh, serendipity. It was so good. All right. Um, oh, before we move on, on I have right? a couple, uh, before we move on, I have a couple of points to make. Number one, if you want Brian to come to your town, to your city, you need to contact the comedy club there and ask for him because they're the ones that send out their booking agents are the ones that send out the requests for Brian to come. Right. Brian's right, team right, doesn't right. do it. So, so whatever the nearest, you know, legitimate major comedy venue is email them or hit them up on social media and say, yo, when is Brian Simpson come? That's the best. Yeah, way to and, and please know, like, I'm not going to get to all these backed up e- uh, emails, but I will, if, even if the whole next episode has to be these, I'm going to get to your question if you haven't asked. These are just, I'm just doing the oldest ones uh, first so I can get through them, okay? I didn't, because I didn't used to get this many, so it's just, all right, next one's from Robert. Uh, Brian and Rob, I want to just thank you for bringing light to Patrice's name and recognizing his weeks of philosophy on ONA that's available on YouTube and Spotify. Nobody has ever recognized all that material on a platform as you have. Um, as a huge fan of him and as you well, and, um, I'm sorry, as a huge fan of him and you as well, I genuinely thank you. That meant more to me than I can begin to explain. Oh, wow. Your dedicated fan, Rob. Okay. Well, well, I mean, Rob, is, are you related to him or something? Anyway, thank you, Rob. <laughs> I love I love getting the, 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 the just the thank yous. I, I appreciate that's that. It's just that's a nice the, thing the, to the, say. Yeah, that's just a nice thing to say. Thank you very much. Um, this is from Stephen, titled Sick. Man, that, sick with an exclamation point. That could mean a whole lot of things, Stephen, but here we go. Just want to say that I saw Brian and Derek Poston in Springfield, Missouri recently. They both murdered. Got to see the Thursday and Saturday shows. Love that Brian is doing a pod so we can get more content and perspective. He is definitely making waves, and I'm so glad he is getting the recognition he deserves. So many fun things you can do with the BS moniker, too. Keep up the content. Wow, two thank yous in a row. Well, thank you, Stephen. Um... This is from Lucas. Um, enjoying the content so far. Keep it up. Just finished watching the terminal list on Amazon, and I'm interested in your feedback. Breaking it into two categories, the based on true events films, Lone Survivor, American Sniper, 13 Hours, the miniseries based on books your father-in-law buys at an airport, <laughs> Reacher, Terminal List, Jack Ryan. In terms of accuracy and honoring the source storytelling, uh, the source storytelling, fighting choreography, real-world military tactics, what are your top three must-see, and what are your thoughts on these individuals coming out and telling these stories? If Mad never puts out a respectable product, I will whoop that ass if you roll out Wentz. Lucas. Okay, so people don't know. I know this guy personally. Um, Lucas is the brother-in-law of one of my good friends that I served with, and I met him a long, long time ago when he was like, he wasn't a kid, but he was like 16 or whatever. We bonded over Dragon Ball Z. I believe I beat the shit out of him in Madden or something like that, you know, because I don't, I don't show mercy on children, you know, uh, when it comes to it. Don't challenge me, little boy, you know, and he's been bitter about it ever since. But now he's a grown-ass man with a wife and kids, and he's still talking shit from, uh, from across the decades. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's, why, that's, what the, that's where the Madden reference comes from. But any of y'all can get on the sticks, you know, anybody in the fan base can get on 
This is it's nothing. You can take this L. Anyway, um, what are your top three must see? I don't know. I I enjoyed uh, Terminal List, but that's just because you know it was it was violent. It, it, I did. They did enough to make me care. Uh, Chris Pratt. Um, it was easy to see him as not Star Lord, um, which he, I'm glad he kind of dodged that. Um, I like Terminal List. I mean, it wasn't perfect. I thought there were there were a lot of there was a lot of filler. But I feel like that about a lot of shows. There's shows that I I skip. I'll go through ten seconds. I'll skip ahead ten seconds just because of like you know, I, like I said, I don't need to see you. I know that you're the protagonist. I know you're going to get off the ground. I don't need to. I need a twenty second slow mo shot of you <laughs> getting up out of the dirt. You know, um, so it was a lot of that in 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 the terminal list. Um, I liked Reacher as well a little bit. Reacher was pretty cool because because I also liked the whole smartest guy in the room thing. Which is kind of the opposite of terminalist because the terminalist guy made a lot of stupid decisions. Um, but but um, and uh, the based on true events films, uh, uh, that's tough. I liked American Sniper too. That was cool, but I, I really have to think about this one. This is not one I can just answer off the top of my head. I hate listing things. Okay. Um, oh wow. Okay, this is from Booking the Territory. I don't know what that means. It says, "Hi Brian and Rob. I love the podcast and appre- appreciate your honest discussions and humor about life, politicians, uh, religion, etc. You're both a breath of fresh air. Brian has had me in tears, laughing multiple times in his Netflix stand-up episode. Brian." I am with you when it comes to eating outside on the patio. You are preaching. Yeah, I'm with you on that too. We're not eating outside over here in this camp. And please know, if you know me, if we, if you, if you, if you've ever insisted that we eat outside and I did it anyway, I was not fucking happy about it. <laughs> and you're wondering why I've never gone out with you again. That's why. Okay, on this week's episode, uh, episode 24, Rob mentioned Pearl River, Louisiana. When my mom and dad divorced in the late 70s, my dad moved to Slidell and then Pearl River. As a kid born and raised in New Orleans in the mid-70s throughout the 80s, you don't often hear many people mention Pearl River, so it caught my ear, although I have heard you mention being from Louisiana multiple times. As a fellow podcaster and small business owner, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Thank you for what you do. All the best, Mike. Okay. Well, thank you, Mike. That was just a very long extended thank you. Slidell, not Slidell. Yeah. Yes, Slidell. Oh, Slidell. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, are, are you the smartest person to ever leave Pearl River there, Rob? Uh, no, no. There's um, there's one girl, I'll shout her out now, Jevin Harding. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. Brilliant. Her whole family was super smart. But uh, but I'm the second smartest person to ever leave Pearl River. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna do two more. The, uh, this next one is a is an instrumental submission from Griffin. I'm not gonna get to this right now, Griffin. But when when everything is set up and I'm not uh, doing this on top of a box, uh, when like when the podcast studios are set up, I'll get to the instrumental stuff. Um, so I'm sorry, spitters and beat makers and stuff like that. I just you know I can't at this moment. All right, uh, this next one's from Cameron called Monkey Hitman. Those monkeys are the exact monkeys from Hit Monkey. Bathing in Japanese hot springs, we've absolutely seen this before. It's just in a comic book and animated TV series. Cam. Okay. All right. Have you read um, it, Monkey? Again, that's 
No. Great. But that, but that is a reference to. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, I'm, I've heard about it. Um, but that's a reference to a previous episode. If you're not tracking. Um. All right. This is from Joseph. Scientists found an astonishing new material that behaves like we've never seen. Oh yeah, did, did, I, did I put this article in the in the Trello? I think so. Yeah. So, so look, that's another one. We'll go. We'll go over that when we're doing a, um, another episode. Damn, another beat from Griff. Holy shit, Griff. Griff, yeah. kill, uh, oh, Griff, we, I, Griff, Griff fucking kills it, dude. He he sends tons of beats to uh, Josh Potter, which is the other show okay. I produce. All right, and, we, we, we have, we're gonna have to start using some some of his beats if we can, um, because I think I've skipped over him a, a time or two before. But th- there's also a dude. Don't forget Joe Hova. We forgot about him. He sent me a beat. He sent me a song that he says is about revenge. Now I haven't listened to it. It's a, it's just a shitty three chord punk song. He says, "Okay, well, I'll take your word for it." <laughs> uh, um, no. um, but we, we we need to do. I don't know even how to even. Uh, we'll figure that shit out. Um, so yeah, I, I just moved to Texas. Here we are. I'm doing my best to uh, knock us out of the park, and I um the the studio will be set up fully the next time we are. Uh, in this situation. Um, But do know, um, I have my own little nightmare story. uh, I've been trying to get decent internet for, I I did everything responsibly. I set set up everything before I moved here. And and and, uh, one of my housemates was supposed to be here on, look, long story short, for three we were trying to get Google Fiber. And before you can get fiber, they have to put, I forget the name of it, like a, a BIU box or BUI box outside your house. Like someone has to like do construction outside, like small construction outside your house. And then the technician comes after that and puts the fiber inside your house. And for three weeks in a row, the people that's supposed to do the outside work just didn't do it. And Google just kept Google Fiber just kept being like, oh, it'll it'll happen within, we'll send somebody out within a week. And then nobody would come. And they'd be like, we'll send somebody out within a week. And then nobody would come. And they just kept doing it over and over and over and over again. And um, I guess it's not really a story without me being able to tell the whole thing. Um, but we decided to go with AT&T Fiber, which is, you know, they're still evil, but they uh, their fiber doesn't have a data cap like their other internet services. And it's pretty good. Maybe not as good as terms of speed as, as, as that, but I'm going to let them, because we're still waiting for them to do the work, and, and which I don't think is going to happen. And I and I, I asked them multiple times, like, well, what happens if no one does the work again this time? So, so the, the last time I had an appointment with them, the guy showed up a day early and was like, yo, where's the box outside? I was like, well, someone was supposed to put it there. He was like, well, it's not out there. And I'm like, okay, well, first of all, why are you here a day early? Maybe you're supposed to do the work out there. He was like, I don't think so. He's like, but I'm gonna make a few <laughs> phone calls. I'll be, I'll be right back. And he left and never came back. You know, and that was my last interaction with the Google Fiber customer service. They, they I'm, and I'm telling you, Rob, their literal reaction, it, it's, it's not like it. There's no point in which this will be urgent. This will, this will go on forever. 
If, <laughs> it, 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 it's already been three weeks in a row. You know, they, they, the first time they went to the wrong address. The second time they, they just didn't do the work. The third time they just didn't do the work. And I was like, well, what happens if, because they were like, we escalated it. And I was like, okay, well, what happens if it still doesn't happen? You escalated the last one. And they were like, um, well, I really don't have an answer for you. It's like, okay. So I, so I have to wait a couple of weeks for someone to do the outside work. And then, then I'll be allowed to make an appointment to, that could be a week or so. After, they, they can't give you any definitive answers. No one's in trouble, by the way. No one's in trouble because here's, here's what it is. They subcontract. So if you if you go if you sign up for Google Fiber in Texas anyway, they hire a contractor to dig the holes and uh, install the shit outside your house, and there's a separate contractor that runs fiber from that place to in your house, and both of those people none of those people work for Google, and you know so if you have a problem you still have to call Google and they don't give a fuck because whoever you're talking to it's not their job they're not in trouble. They answered the phone. That's their job. So they, they have no way of contacting the motherfucker whose job it is. They have no way of threatening them. They have no way of expressing your disdain, and neither do you. So all Google, all the people on Google Fiber can do is reschedule. And it doesn't matter how many times those motherfuckers don't show up or don't do work. All they're going to tell you on the phone is, oh, I can schedule you another one. I, I assure you. That's all they can do. <laughs> it's, it's, it, at no point is it urgent. That, that that's 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 my problem and and I, and i'm ta- i'm i'm so I, I i can't even call them anymore so i i already ordered at&t it'll be here in two days work's done already outside and um but i'm still gonna keep trying to get google to do that outside work until someone does it because i want to know how long it's gonna take mm-hmm. you know because i what i really mm-hmm. think is i think it's some it's probably some sort of hard job uh, maybe there's something about this house the way it's situated or something where it's like a pain in the ass and they keep sending new people out here and then they realize, oh no, there's like concrete right there and that makes it hard. So I'm going to put this off to the next motherfucker. And they just keep doing it and keep doing it and there's no consequence. Like if, if it was up to Google, I would literally be living here for a month with no internet. Right now, I'm I'm doing, I'm recording this with you on a T-Mobile hotspot. I got to, I signed up for T-Mobile home internet, which is awful. You see, I turned off the middle <laughs> of the fucking podcast. Uh, it's not awful, but it's not great. You know, you can't even play Overwatch on this shit. So uh, that's been my one. That's been one of the major parts of my struggle of moving to Texas, or moving to, to Austin. Is like there's this also the the worst Best Buy in America is is the one that's near my house. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about somebody, you want to talk about a place where don't no one give a fuck about their job? Like, nobody in that Best Buy give a fuck. I'm talking about, because I told you, I go to I go to Best Buys in a lot of cities. You know, because I'm always excited about what the newest gadget is and when it came out. And I just like going to Best Buy and playing with the new shit. And and I've, I've, I've been in at least, at least 35 Best Buys this year. Right? And I've never walked into a physical Best because BestBuy.com is trash. Like you deal with Best Buy over the phone or on the, it's, it's garbage. But usually you walk into a Best Buy. That's the that's a decent experience. Not this one. There's like TVs that's not on the wall. They just sitting on top of other shit. That's not you know what I mean. It's like it's, it's 
because having seen so many other ones, I know how it's supposed to look because they all look the same, right? And, and I go in this motherfucker, it's like, no, like usually if you go in the TV section to Best Buy, you got your damn LG section, you got your damn Samsung section, you got your damn Sony section, everything's neatly, you know what I'm saying? There's an 85 inch, you know, X95K up here and an 890J down here. And, a, you know, and it's like, it's the same everywhere. And you go in this motherfucker and it's just, they just randomly, haphazardly, Shit is missing, shit ain't on the wall, some shit ain't plugged in. They don't even give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. It's insane. I was in line in that motherfucker yesterday, and there's a there's a sign. I was I was exchanging something. I was I was returning something and getting something else. And I had both things. And there's a sign right here that says exchanges, and a sign right here that says um checkout, right? They're right beside each other. And there's one dude at the checkout, and there's a dude behind him doing some kind of inventory shit. And so, um, and there's a little stool there. So I'm, I, I sit at the exchange thing. I'm the only person in line. There's like six people in line at the checkout. I'm at the exchange line. The, and, and the guy, he checks out all six people. The guy behind him just acts like I'm not there. And I'm like, okay, maybe the exchange person is on break or whatever. Or, uh, and, I, and I bullshit you not sat there for maybe 25 minutes he checked out 10 12 15 people and then was about to walk away like hey excuse me i was like does anybody work here like right here and he was like oh i'm doing both jobs i was like when the fuck were you gonna tell me that he's like oh i thought you were just resting the spell like you thought i was resting a spell and at the best buy at the exchange counter you thought i was standing at the exchange counter with two things in my hand just, just to chill. Like he, ain't, like he ain't give me a be right with you. He ain't give me a how can I help you or none of that shit. He was, he was literally gonna walk by me like I wasn't there. Like, and, and and here's the thing: everyone in the store acts like that. Nobody, nobody in this spot is ever gonna come help you. No, you, you, have, you gotta go like find people. It's, in, it's incredible. It's incredible. Um. Now I'm just now I'm just being a little bitch. I'm, I've dealt with way worse companies in the meantime, like Google Fiber. You can't. <laughs> I'm sure Google Fiber is excellent, but you can't trust them. You can't trust Google. You just can't. They're not going to give you a consistent experience. You just they're too big now. Oh, they, I mean, even when they weren't that big, they, they, Google is just they're in business to collect your data. That's the, that's how they make money. So once they have that from you, they don't give a fuck about anything else. Trust me. And I, I I've been I've been around since Gmail was in beta. That's how long I've been fucking with Google. I've 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 adopted all, all of their shitty fuck. Well, some some of them great messaging programs that they just canceled out of the blue for no reason. I used Inbox when that was new, and it was better than the Gmail. And they decided to just throw it away. I use rest, Buzz, rest, in, rest, in, rest in peace, Google Reader. Oh, Google Reader, Google Buzz. Um, uh, I guess Hangouts is going away. Google Chat went away. They, they, they're just convoluted. A lot of times they'll have competing programs with like they don't they don't have any cohesiveness and they don't have any commitment to to, to anything. It's like if they if, if it's not collecting enough data for them, they'll throw their shit away. So it's like. You can't become dependent. The only thing from Google you can depend on is Android and Gmail. Not, everything else is expendable to them. 
Yeah, they're, they're, it, it's almost like it's almost like whoever's in charge of Google has like schizophrenia or something, or multiple <laughs> personality disorder. Um. Anyway, I, I have to go. Um, I have a show. Um, uh, I think this is, this is going to work. Yeah. No. Yeah. And any questions, comments, concerns, please email us at bs with Brian Simpson at gmail.com. Please check out my tour dates. I think this comes out tomorrow. I will be in um, San Francisco at the Punchline tomorrow, this this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I'll be at the uh, the goddamn uh, Tampa Side Splitters the following week and the DC Improv the following week. And then uh, Pittsburgh the week after that. So come see us. Come buy tickets. Go to my website, BrianTensionComedy.com to get tickets. Or go to my one of my socials, BS Comedian on all socials. Click on the link tree. You can get tickets that way. Um, you can't email me for tickets. Um, and <laughs> and uh, thanks y'all for listening. <laughs>